Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. You're going to run our scroll? Oh, yeah. You're going to run the scroll? Run the damn scroll, Rob. There, scroll it's it. there. there it is. Please like, subscribe, and share the show. And comment, too, as we are here for another episode of What's Good Under the Hood. Greg Hood, owner of Mazda of Columbia, and Rob Sanders of Fox Sports Radio 1400. My name is Andy. I work for iHeartMedia. Man. I'm a team player. I work for everybody here. You do. I do. The best. And here we go again. You've been doing it for how long? 12 months. Right. 12 seconds? <laughs> it's more. It's, it's not counting like today how long you've yeah. been doing this. Yeah. So. Quite a while. Yep. Well, so what's up, Rob? Well, it's, uh, it's great to be back with another edition of What's Good Under the Hood. You know, we were, there's a lot of things we were going to talk about today, but uh, I wanted to mention someone that, um, has subscribed to the show that's what andy was talking about and we there was a buddy of mine that was talking about uh the electric cars and how you need a battery for them and things like that i wanted to uh, pull up uh on the screen here and i have to make this full screen so people can see it but if you look at it i'm going to read it to you full screen and glasses yeah i know right but uh shout out to mike williams who uh is on facebook and I posted the video about are we, are we being forced to get an EV and uh, some good conversation from him. He was talking about Tesla's being overpriced, but he watched that entire show. and We appreciate him subscribing. And I mean, he literally wrote us a book and he said about Greg, he said, Greg's antidote is a great example of the struggles of early adoption, similar to what an automobile driver might have experienced if they forgot to bring extra fuel with them in the early 1900s, which is kind of an interesting thing there with the whole uh the idea of not having enough charging stations and stuff like that but we appreciate folks commenting and uh, and mike for uh following the show that was really it was cool a very that. thoughtful response you forwarded that to me and i appreciated that um you know this uh <coughs> this ev thing let's and i want to correct something i had made the comment i think i made the comment i went last week or it was week before last week, i think we were talking about general motors and i said they had sold uh, 400 electric vehicles in a month. It was the quarter. I said, because I remember month or quarter, I couldn't quite remember. It was in a quarter. So part of the problem is, is that they're still having battery issues. Uh, they've got bolts sitting behind the dealership, um, in these Chevy stores. There's cars that are there, and there's people that want to buy them. I mean, I talked to my brother. He's a general manager of a Chevy store, and he's got some cars sitting there waiting for the, the proper batteries, I guess, to come. And he's got them pre-sold. So it's not like they're just flat, flat, but he's also in Sacramento, California. So that's a different market than we well, have in Columbia, just, South Carolina. Just like you said the other day, I mean, it's almost like a status symbol, having having an EV. Correct. In, in, in certain areas, it really is. So, you know, Mazda's problem, obviously, is, that, well, a better way of putting it in, is that they're kind of, they're dragging their feet. They're kind of in that wait and see mo moment of what really happens with this, because I'm not sure... Uh, they're completely sold on the idea that uh, EV is going to solve the world's problems. That here. may be a smart move for Mazda. Well, I think it is. I think that when GM's got all its eggs in one basket, and I, Hyundai is just now building another plant. Where was that in Alabama? No, it's actually in Georgia. In Georgia, and they're going right. to from from what I read. I mean, it's going to be what three hundred thousand cars. Yeah, electric, all electric, all electric cars. Which, you know, when you stop and if it, we just look at it from the perspective of what it's going to have on that on that section of Georgia. They're putting out 300,000 cars. They're going to be employing some folks, so that's good. Yeah, it'll be a big plant. But what will happen, though, is, <laughs> you know, we talked about adoption of the product. 
the other side of this is that everybody complains about the price of used cars right now. The more they keep shoving this EV stuff down our throat that nobody can afford, or if they can't afford it, they have to be subvented somehow by some tax benefit, which means I'm paying for your EV or vice versa. Um, you know, but it's going to, there will be people that will not adopt to that and they will go out and buy used cars if there are mostly uh, EVs that are available. So it's changing the landscape of a lot of things. You had sent me an article kind of questioning about uh, part supplies and, and right. advanced and you know, O'Reilly and all these companies are in the parts business and how will it impact them of going to that? Well, they're already stocking uh, parts for some of the EVs. Uh, one of the statements that was made in there is everybody forgets they even have a 12 volt battery and a regular old battery as well. So it's not just the batteries that are the long life, they have a normal battery in them. So they have to be able to supply those kinds of parts and you got brakes and all the other stuff. So um, it, and I think that if they, people go deeper, the average used car right now is 12 years old. So if they go uh, deeper into that, then parts houses will probably do better because they will have the opportunity to sell more parts to older vehicles. And manufacturers of the older parts too. Yeah. So it, it, so it it'll a, have a, a positive and a negative effect kind of all in one, um, but it will probably be one of the things that keeps uh, used car prices up higher because people will not necessarily want to move into that electrification. I still, for the life of me, I'm going to say one more time, what is wrong with a hybrid? It's using fuel, but not nearly as much. I mean, I just, why can't we just walk to it instead of running full blast into something where we're just going to get nailed at the end? as usual, like we talked about the deaf situation last podcast. Right. Well, I had a Honda Civic Hybrid before the Honda that I have now, and my my Civic Hybrid got, I think it was 64 miles a gallon. Right. I mean, and, and you want to talk about, I mean, I filled up once a month. My motorcycle doesn't get that good of mileage. So, yeah. you know, that's a pretty neat thing. I did read something else is I can't figure out either is that they said that motorcycle sales are down. And I'm like, what? Why would that be? I would think that people go, oh, I'm not paying this. I'm going to get myself a motorcycle and, uh, you know, just ride that and saving myself some money. But they said they're down about 11%. I don't know why. It may be a function of just production because everybody's down. Yeah, but uh, do you think that there's, there's a section of people that are just like, you know what, I'm just going to drive – the car that I have, I don't really care about the gas portion of it. Or do you think that it's going to correct themselves? And what I mean by that is, is that, man, I, it's going to cost me an extra $30 to fill up my gas tank. I mean, that's going to hit you eventually. You think that people may auto correct, I guess is the term to be like, maybe I should look into that EV. Just maybe, because of maybe, Well, that's what they're trying to do to us. Right. That's forced by our government. But um, he even admitted that the other day. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, they've said it on more than one occasion, you know, that everybody should be able to go out and spend 60 grand on a car. The one thing I haven't seen happen yet, which is um, a little strange, and I, I don't know what the economic tipping point for gas is now versus what it was in 2005. Right. Because in 2005 is when that whole thing started before we rolled into the recession when gas prices got to five bucks a gallon. A five dollar right. gallon price then is what now? Six and a half bucks? I don't know. Right. But and we're not there yet. So in across the country, you know, it's in the four dollars for regular, in the four dollars to five dollars. You get out in California, it's six and six and a half bucks. So it, it's a lot more money there, but it's more heavily taxed, and there's a whole bunch of reasons. But 
I, at one, what happened in the last go round is when people, and I'm going to say this, um, sorry if you're listening and I hurt your feelings, but who got stupid and didn't do the math, they were driving a Tahoe and they, the gas price went to five bucks. So they went to Toyota and they lost $25,000, $30,000 in depreciation on the car because the dealer couldn't give the thing away either. And then they went and paid two, 10 grand over market value for a Prius, got into a car they absolutely couldn't stand trying to save money on fuel. If they had just amortized their gas bill out over 25,000 bucks, they would have been better and, and drove the car they wanted. But at some point, it'll happen again. I say a little pressure in, I had a Prius we took in trade and the amount of leads that came in on that car in a period of two days was just breathtaking because people are thinking about it. So if they're going to go out and replace a car, uh, they're looking at a used uh, fuel efficient car. It's changing, but it's not shifting it like it did um, back then. Still, people are still buying trucks and they're still buying uh, larger SUVs. It hasn't, they haven't gone cold. But you mentioned people maybe trying to get some of those, those fuel efficient cars. I mean, the math just doesn't seem to work though, when it comes to actually buying electric vehicle with the cost that comes with it. I mean, if you just, just like you were talking about, just doing the math on that, it just doesn't make sense right now. I mean, it seems like, um, you know, like the first version of the iPhone, remember when you got your first iPhone and it was like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. There were so many bugs in it. And then they went and they eventually fixed it and they got, they worked all the bugs out. I think that's kind of where we are with the EV thing. It's like, yeah, we've got this first set of them, but I'll They're not you, perfect. I'll so. give you another example of sure. something that was done for environmental reasons, and it has to do with the energy production. And it's one of the things that's creating a problem, especially in Texas, is these wind farms that they put in. Huh? They are incredibly expensive. They are harmful to the environment because if you want to talk about disrupting things, it's the construction of them and the bases and everything they have to put in. And then, yeah, they're out in rural areas, but what if the wind doesn't blow? Or what if the wind doesn't blow enough? And enough is the real question. You know, are they are they seeing the return on they should be? And then now they're finally getting into uh, working on how to recycle those blades. And they're saying the life of a fan has is about 20 to 25 years. And but it, it's turning out that's not to be correct. And so it and they're killing. Did I mention they're killing birds? No, you didn't. But I was thinking about yeah, that. They're, they're, whacking, that. they're whacking birds at a pretty good rate, too. But. And I look, yeah, I've seen them and I look and I go, how come a bird can't get out of the way of that? But anyway, and then there's lubricants that are in them. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on uh, with those and, and the impacts they have versus what they produce. And so, you know, it's, it's all, it looks good. That's the thing. And, and solar panels, what do you do with solar panels when they're done? You know, what, who is it that's keeping them clean so they're operating efficiently? Because if a solar panel gets dirt on it, it's not, uh, the efficacy of the panel goes down. And who so, is it that's making them? Well, so the Chinese are making a lot of them now. So originally a solar panel had a life of about 20 years, they calculated. Uh, the ones that are coming from China and places like that are about five or six years. So you have a disposal problem. You know, I, I'm going to be pro-nuke right here. If we had nuclear, and I, this is, the, here's, the, here's one more thing I haven't quite figured out, is they've got these huge nuclear power plants, but they have the ability to do smaller ones. And so why wouldn't you do smaller, more manageable plants that if you had an issue with it, that's actually manageable and say you could run half a city with one instead of having or uh, actually could run, make small ones where you could run 20 blocks, you know, uh, of 
of stuff. Why that hasn't happened yet, I'm not well, that, sure. Because that would make too much sense. Because then if you did have some issues with it, you could just isolate that plant and just, okay, we're going to you could take, take it that offline it. and move it and do that. Yeah. It makes total sense yeah. to me. So they there was a, a study that was done on a deaths per, and it wasn't kilowatt, <laughs> and it wasn't gigawatt. And there's some bigger uh, measurement, and I can't remember what it is, but the the lowest deaths per of any kind of electrical generation um, comes from nuclear by a long shot. I mean, a long shot. I mean, it's a rarity if you have an issue at a nuclear Right, and they plant. were even taking into consider Three Mile Island and Chernobyl and uh, Fukushima as part of that equation of how many people are injured or died. And um, it is the by far the cleanest. And the guy, was his name Peter? who found a Greenpeace. He's very pro-nuclear. Um, yeah, and and, and the, the talking point on that is, well, what happens when those the nuclear rods and uh, we got to have a, a disposal of those? Well, no, now they else. recycle them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can recycle them many times, and uh, so they have a whole lot less nuclear waste, and they can contain it. But But here's the thing. There's a lot less of that to contain than there is the other crap that they're doing. And if they just put nuclear in everywhere, France is over there running, 80% of their electricity comes from nuclear. And they're doing just fine with it. So why aren't we doing the same thing? And then you want to do the EV thing till you, the cows come home. They can make as much electricity as they want. But otherwise, they're burning fossil fuels and coal to make electricity with to run the EVs. Some of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got, there. Well, like I said, there, Lake Murray's got a coal-fired plant behind it. I mean, they're they're still burning a fair amount, or it's natural gas, in, in which are pollutants. Get it? But if you had nuclear, there is no pollutant other than waste, and they seem to have a grip on that. But now they're, there's, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Shuttering? They're shutting those down. Um, California shut down a bunch of them. I just don't understand. But we could solve the problem. I would be more of saying, well, yeah, if we had in electric energy abundant, then we, yeah, push forward electric cars. You know, there's some parts of them I think are great. Well. It I think there's still a lot of work to be done, even though they're going to build 300,000 or 300,000 Hyundais in the, the Peach State, which is right next to us, which, wow, when you see that, it's just like, we don't really, do we really need 300,000 EVs from Georgia? Mm. Well, I'd rather have them from here than somewhere else in, this, in our area, you know, that helps economies grow because we're going to stumble through some of this stuff look at greg he found the goodness from evs well, we'll I, have my heart is my heart is warm today. <laughs> yeah, i'm just saying we found we found some goodness there andy that's good right yes it is it's a good day exactly <laughs> andy's looking at me like what Sorry, i'm looking what time is it it's hammer time there you go hammer time yeah. all right we got anything else or we're we wrapping it up well, I mean, we did talk about the parts, and we talked about uh, the the big new plant, and we talked about uh, um, our good buddy uh, Mike there, who, of course, uh, talked about EVs too. So, I guess the cool part is is that you can be like Mike and subscribe and make. I mean, Mike wrote a book. <laughs> I mean, he really, really he did. did. It. Well, he thought it through. He took some time to really think about what we talked about and and put that down there, and I appreciated that. Yeah, so great stuff there. And, of course, as always, like, subscribe, and uh, and share the show. Right, Andy? And comment in the show, too. Yeah. Greg Hood, Mazda of Columbia, Rob Sanders, Fox Sports Radio 1400. Me, Andy Woods, thanks for watching, and make sure you comment.
Let's get under the hood. I'm going to comment. That was some really good dead air we had there. <laughs> that was. That was deer in the headlights. It doesn't happen much. It doesn't. All right. Yeah. Thank you.